Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast. I'm Dr. Haley, a physical therapist and athletic trainer who specializes in treating gymnasts and dancers. This podcast has been created for gymnasts, dancers, their coaches, and their parents. Here we will talk to industry experts, athletes, and coaches who will share with us their advice on how to be successful in practice and competition. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's take the leap. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode four of Taking the Leap. Today, I have Kristen Tannen, a professional from Cirque du Soleil, who is coming on to talk about her experience growing up in gymnastics, through college gymnastics, and then through her journey in Cirque du Soleil. She has great advice on things such as mental blocks through college and how to get into the professional world. Over the past couple episodes, I've had professional dancers come on, so I thought this one would be a great episode for our gymnasts. I hope you enjoy. Please remember to like and drop five stars below. Thanks for listening. Let's take the leap. Hi, Kristen. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Haley. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our listeners to get to hear your story because you are the first gymnast who has gone into the professional world on my podcast. Oh, that's so fun. I'm so excited. Can you tell the listeners what your background is and kind of what you are doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I was a gymnast. I did uh, club gymnastics for 15 years. I started when I was three and did it all the way through high school. And then I went to University of Arizona and competed with them for four years. And then during my senior year, I got recruited out to do a show called The Rev in Vegas and took a year to finish school between gymnastics and my move to Vegas and then moved to Vegas and did La Rev for two years. And then unfortunately, you know, the world kind of closed down with COVID and had to move on from La Rev. About a year, two years later, I found my way to Cirque du Soleil. And that's where I am at now, performing at O uh, in Vegas. And it's just been a dream come true. So that's kind of my brief, brief story. <laughs> it's really neat how far you've come because I actually met Kristen when we were little and we did gymnastics growing up together. Little baby gymnast. I know. <laughs> it's been so long. And I've seen you develop, you know, as a gymnast through your Instagram or watching you on TV at U of A, but now you're at Cirque and you are a part of O, correct? In Las Vegas? Yes. What's your role in that performance? So I am right now, I'm doing a discipline called cradle, which is two monkey bar rails and my catcher hangs his knees over one rail and then hooks his feet under another rail. So he's hanging upside down and then I hang from his hands and we swing back and forth. So that's kind of a basic description of the discipline, but then we put that on an apparatus that looks like a giant pirate ship and it actually swings back and forth in the air over a big pool of water. And our act is called Beto, which is French for boat. And so I am a Beto flyer. And that is my role in the show right now. That is really cool. And I've seen videos of it. And so all of our <laughs> listeners should find your Instagram and we'll make sure we <laughs> drop that later. And they definitely need to go watch because it is amazing. 
It is such I, a fun show. I love it so much. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, water shows are just beautiful in general, but it is really a fun show. I really highly recommend it. And I'm not being biased, I promise. That's really cool. So what does your typical day look like as a, uh, as a performer for as, as a Beto <laughs> flyer. It's really fun. So we work afternoons and evenings. So I usually sleep a little bit later in the day than typical person. So I usually get up and then we usually have trainings anywhere between 1 and 4 p.m. is kind of a good range. So I could be in as early as 1 p.m. or I might not have to go in until 4 or 5. And we'll usually have one or two trainings or rehearsals either on stage or in the rehearsal room. And those are sometimes weekly. Like we have Beto training twice a week and it's just usually to brush up on lineups and who's going to be partnering with who and things like that and to get better in general I mean training where we still train skills like we kind of do in gymnastics I mean you want to do bigger better things so you have to practice those so it's really fun and then I start getting ready for shows around probably about six I start putting on my makeup and then top of show starts at seven and they're 90 minute shows so first show ends at 8 30 and then we have about an hour. We call it our lunch break. It's dinner, but it's our, our lunch break for the day. And That's we have cute. about an hour. And then uh, second show starts at 9.30. And I walk off stage a little just after 11 every night. And then we shower and get ready because we're in the pool and stuff. So we have to wash all the chlorine out of our hair and take the makeup off and and then head home for the night. So Wow. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I really enjoy it. It's a total flip from the regular work hour shift and it works really well for me. So it's fun. That's so neat. How many shows a week do you do? 10. So we do two shows a night, five days a week. So 10 shows, it comes out to something around like 450 shows a year or something, give or take. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. What a world you live in. And I'm sure it has so many challenges, but it's neat that you've gotten here through gymnastics. Yes. Yes. It's very unique and fun and cool. So the cast that you have, are they all gymnasts? Are they dancers? What does that look like? It's, it's interesting. And every show is different in terms of what the cast is made up of. So some shows have a significant number of dancers, like our show, uh, The Beatles Love, has a lot of dancers in it. Whereas our show at O, we don't really have very many dancers. We have, I believe, one professional dancer on the show and he is fantastic he's wonderful to watch but everyone else comes from gymnastics we have professional divers that did college diving and red bull diving and those are they're amazing athletes and then we also have acro sport gymnasts so acro sport is huge in europe i wish it was bigger here in the u.s but it's huge in europe and it's where people you know they climb on top of each other and they do all of these like crazy maneuvers and handstands and tosses and things like that. And so a lot of people come from that. We have synchronized swimmers because we work in the water. And so some of our performers, they do synchronized swimmers. And, and then we also have some people who grew up in circus. They did family circus and things like that. So it is a crazy mix. And then everybody is from all over the world. We represent so many, I can't even name all of the countries that we represent. It is insane. My boat team in general is made up of a few different countries. I'm one of two, there's two Americans on the boat and everyone else is from all over the world. So it's a, it's a really cool experience getting to work with so many different people from so many different places. 
That's awesome. So what's really cool is your background in gymnastics. We kind of glossed over your college life of being a college gymnast. Can you talk to me about that? College gymnastics was so fun. I grew so much as an athlete. And I really didn't see it coming. I ended up getting recruited to do bars. And originally, I was kind of just intended to be an alternate. They had a bar team, but they didn't have any extra people to do bars. And so in college, it's really important to have depth, which depth on a team just means that you have several people past that that six-person lineup that can be ready and available to go in if you have any issues. And so they needed depth on bars. And I kind of just was praying that I'd get to travel and be a part of the team and help out when I could. Like, I really didn't know what that role was going to like actually be when I got there. And my first college meet, I was allowed to travel. My coach was like, if I put you in front of a judge, are you going to be a disaster? And I said, no, very confident. And he goes, okay, good. Cause you're going to be an alternate and you're going to exhibition. And in college gymnastics, exhibitioning is just kind of a practice routine. You you get judged, but it doesn't count towards your scores. It's a really good way to ease into competitions. We went to the meet and we warmed up all four events and we were warming up our last event. And my coach comes up to me and he goes, you're going to lead off on bars. And bars is going to be our first event of the day. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> and he goes, you're, you're going to lead off. And, um, yeah, don't, don't mess up. And then he walked away. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How frightening and so exciting at the same time. I'm sure I had prepared mentally that I was going to do a routine in front of a judge, but that it was for practice. That was just me not fully understanding what it meant to be an alternate on the team and have to be like ready and willing to step in at any time. It's a big, it's a hard role to fill honestly, being an alternate. And it's hard to be at your best all the time and that not always be needed. I hadn't learned that yet. And so I had just gone into it thinking like, oh, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) So I had about probably 10, 15 minutes to wrap my head around, okay, you're going to compete and it's for the team. You're going to go first. So you're setting the tone, all of these things. I don't really remember the routine. I just remember my feet hitting the mat, knowing that I hadn't fallen. I hadn't made any big errors. And I just had the biggest smile on my face. And I knew that this is exactly what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. It was a moment that was really cool for me. That's incredible. And it's neat, too, that you had this opportunity to come on as an alternate. And then you ended up being first in the lineup. After you and I spoke earlier, you said that that's where you stayed throughout your college career, correct? Yes. Lead off on bars was probably the most consistent role I held on that event uh, for my whole four years. I bounced around in the lineup a few places my junior year, but my freshman, sophomore, and senior year, that was a solid position for me. That's cool. And then eventually you started doing other events too, correct? Yes. In club, you obviously do all four events. In college, it's a little bit different. You train as many events as you can, but you might not compete all four events. And that is completely normal. All around gymnasts are kind of a rare breed. Ideally, it's great if you can do all four, but I I finished my career there. I had only done three and that was perfectly fine. But yes, it did take me a while to get up to three. The second event that I added was beam. And I actually really struggled on beam my freshman year. I was pretty good at beam and club. And then for some reason, when I got to college, I 
crashed more than I didn't on beam. And it was a daily struggle. I had never been afraid of beam. And after my freshman year, I really didn't feel like I knew how to do it anymore. I didn't feel confident in my skills. I didn't feel confident in how to like mentally approach skills. And I kind of would just go there and beat myself up about it. And at the end of the year, I felt very defeated. And I ended up having to that summer after my first year, take an entire summer to relearn how to do balance beam. I mean, I went back to low beam drills. I went back to floor drills. They had to drop a high beam to a medium beam because I was like mentally could not do my series on high beam. Halfway through my sophomore year, I kind of found myself again on that event and I got to start contributing on the team and competing on beam. And it really was the whole experience of relearning an event was very humbling for me. But it was something that I was very proud of once I finally got it back, because I felt like I got it back even better than the way that I had left it before. And it ended up being my senior year, I had a no fall season on beam. And it was just like a really rewarding season. Yeah. So that's amazing. Thanks. And I ended up kind of having a similar experience with floor. It just took me a little bit longer. I was never a floor kid in club. Tumbling. I was just I could not figure it out. So we just got through it the best that we could in club. And then in college, my coach was just like, you know, I think that you could be good at floor. And I kind of laughed. Did you see me in high school? And he's like, I think you just need to relearn some things. So we're going to take a year, maybe two, and you're going to hate it. But I think that it's going to be good. And I think you're going to actually be able to be a good floor worker. And so I kind of just trusted him on it. And I started doing really great workouts to get super strong because I wasn't strong in the ways that I needed to be strong. And then I had to relearn my round off back handspring because I just, I didn't realize that I wasn't doing it in a very efficient way. And just changing that changed my tumbling completely. And then same thing with front tumbling. And he was right. It was very frustrating. I think training floor was probably one of the most emotional experiences of my gymnastics career. And then one day you start feeling it fall together. And when you put that first routine out on the floor, you're just so proud of yourself. And my college experience on floor finished with me being a floor anchor. And I had the hardest passes that I've ever done in my life. They're not like crazy, crazy, but they were the best thing. It was the best thing that I could put out on the floor. And it was just something that I was super proud of. And it was an event that I really enjoyed competing at the end of my career, just because it was not what I had intended to do when I got there. It's incredible too, because you also started as a bar alternate, ended up competing three events and haven't you competed for four years? Yes. Yes. I competed for four years and I never missed a meet. That is one of my favorite, like kind of fun facts about my career is that I competed at every single meet and it didn't, it wasn't necessarily that I competed all three events at every single meet, but I was always on at least one lineup. So that was so cool. That's really cool. For these gymnasts who want to do something in college or they want to do something professionally, what advice do you have? To say that I could give you like a a play-by-play on how to do these things. I don't know if I could necessarily write that out for you, but I will say my big selling point when I was asked by Bill Ryden 
he was like, do you want to do college gymnastics? And I said, yes. And he said, why do you want to do college gymnastics? And I said, I'm just not done. I really just want to be here. I want to go further. I want to see how far I can go. And he loved that. It didn't matter that I really didn't have the qualifications to do it. He felt like he could teach me those things, but I had those not so teachable things about me, which was just effort and attitude and just the will to be there. So I think that that is probably my biggest advice is that if you want something, you need to show up, you need to have a good attitude and you need to put the effort in. And I say that so easily, like it happens effortlessly every day, but it doesn't, it's really hard. It's easy to show up to the gym, but it's harder to show up mentally. If I had to add anything to those three things, it would be to use the resources you have around you. There's always someone who knows someone. That is awesome advice. And I think that so many dancers and gymnasts will benefit from hearing that. So Kristen, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It means the world to me. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you. I had a lot of fun. Oh, good. Now, if our gymnasts and dancers want to find you on Instagram, where can they do that? Uh, They can find me under my married name, actually. So that's going to be Kristen, K-R-Y-S-T-E-N. And then my married name is Tannen, T-A-N-N-E-N. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully I can have you back on the podcast in a future date. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Haley. Thank you so much for listening to episode three. If you would like, you can follow me on Instagram at allaroundrehab or at podcast.takingtheleap. If you liked today's episode, please go ahead and drop five stars below and share with someone you love. Thanks for taking the leap.